message today concerns our place in the Bible. But there's several things that I would have us recognize before we get into the mechanics and the function of every person in it. This portion of scripture that I've read is chapter 12. There are 11 chapters prior to it. We are not far off when we consider as to the importance that Paul puts to the functioning body as to the relationship as to where this portion of scripture is given. Please hear me when I say we each one uniquely made of God are intended to function in and with and a part of the body. It would be easy to get caught up in the simple mechanics of it. Am I the third joint of the index finger of my right hand in regards to the body? Am I the big toe? We're talking about the body, many parts. Are we aware of our participation in a particular part of the body of Christ? Now, I'm jumping ahead in my sermon a little bit. It is not so much the function of our part in the body as to the part of the body that we are joined to. Jesus said himself, I am the vine, you are the branches. We think about that, vineyard, vine, the branch, and the emphasis of the branch attached to the vine is that it might bear fruit. When we look at 1 Corinthians, there are things that Paul builds up to. I want you to hold that thought because now I'm going to another thought and then we'll come back again. First Corinthians 12, 13 and 14 have to do with the operation of the spiritual gifts that Christ has given to the church by way of the Holy Spirit. 
Now, are any offended when I say that it is not God the Father, God the Son, and then the Holy Bible? It is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, you may not know, but my dad refers to me as a Pentecostal that's been tampered with. <laughs> and coming from early on, I was taught and led into a walk with Christ that was experiential, that was intended by way of the Spirit to be lived through according to the Word without question. But there is that which is experiential in us, intended by God, that we don't or should not shy away from. God so loved, he gave. Christ so loved that he submitted and yielded to the Father's will. And the Holy Spirit given to us until the end. We're talking about our place in the body. But I'm wanting to set some parameters first that we, we understand. Because our place in the body is not just about function. It is not just about how we move and have our being in regards to the body, as important as that may be. Chapter 12 through chapter 14 deals with the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. If you were to take a moment and turn to the very first chapter in Corinthians, even part of the greeting that Paul gives in verse 5, for in him you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge. God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus. In the first chapter, he addresses what in my understanding is what they took the greatest pride in. We are able to have gifts of wisdom, words of knowledge. We're able to pray and see miracles. We're able to have messages in tongues, the interpretation, discernments of spirit. And, and Paul is saying, yes, 
You have that. He addresses that up front. But then he comes along building on one chapter after another. In chapter 2, also in part of chapter 1, I should add, that Paul, after state, stating what they move in and, and flow with, says, you've got a problem among you, and it has to do with, with appetite. You've got a cafeteria-style Christianity. You go through as if a buffet, and you pick this or you pick that, you leave that and you move along. Paul would say, some of you say, I'm of Apollos. Others would say, but I'm of Cephas. Others would say, I follow Paul. And yet another would say, You can have all three of them. I'm going to cling to Jesus. So Paul, up front, distinguishes the fact that they have received the Spirit, they have the gifts of the Spirit, but they're off. And so Paul goes through these chapters, pulling back that which is important, that which is key and crucial. In chapter 2, he states God's wisdom is revealed by the Spirit. Chapter 3, co-workers and the sure foundation will be revealed by fire. Chapter 4, Paul asserts his leadership place. Chapter 5, there's a young man that has taken up with his stepmother. Can you catch what's, what Paul is, is about? It is one thing to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. However, if you are deficient in this, you diminish yourselves in so many other ways. The next chapter. Members of the same church having lawsuits against the other. Paul says that ought not be the case. Chapter 7, to marry or not to marry. Chapter 8, good deals at the marketplace. Hey, I got the best cut of meat at a cut rate price, and I was able to get it for little or nothing, and I brought it home, I cooked it, it was just wonderful. 
Well, why'd you get such a good deal on it in the first place? Well, a small thing. It was food that was offered to an idol first, but you know, disregarding that, I've got freedom in Christ. So I made a good deal. I picked it up, I took it home. And boy, was it ever good. Chapter nine, Paul then hammers home again, his place and his rights as an apostle to speak, to develop parameters and laws as to what is acceptable, what is not acceptable. And though the gifts of the Spirit are absolutely incredible and they come to function, to, to bring us along, to mature us, to help us, to give us the wherewithal that we need to carry on spiritually. However, if we're missing it in our day-to-day -day walk, in our choices that we make, the other things that we give ourselves to, to the expense and accepts, exception, I'm having trouble with that word. I'm counting on you knowing what I'm referring to. And then chapter 11. We're going to share in communion in just a bit. And so many times our communion is shared in light of what Paul writes in chapter 11. But what is he writing in chapter 11? He's reining these people in. Because it's not about the bread or about the wine. But it's about the greater family. The rich who can afford come and binge on that potluck. Those that have significance and status and power have the front place in the line, those that are poor and weak, people that have fallen in the cracks, they're at the end of the line. And when they get up to the front of the line, nothing is left. So we see one chapter after another that Paul is saying, even from chapter one, you have the spirit, you know what it is to move in the gifts of the Spirit. However, there are things here that need to come along, that we need to know. And then we come to chapter 12. And we have introduced, as what I've read, the Spirit given to the body for the greater good and then distributed by the Holy Spirit as to gift set, as to ability to walk into, in light of one's yieldedness to the Holy Spirit, 
to flow as the Holy Spirit leads. But then, chapter 13. Chapter 13, the love chapter. How many of you at your weddings had a portion of the love chapter read? Many, most. But do you know why the love chapter was placed in light of 1 Corinthians? It's because of the pride that was taken, which Paul recognizes in chapter 1, that they would take their significance. I was able to pray over someone and they were healed. Glory to God, but I was the one, the conduit through which God flowed. Individuals getting the glory that should have been celebrated in the fact that God moved and lifted and helped. The love chapter is put in between chapter 12 and 14, which has to deal with the gifts of the Spirit, the body of Christ, and what should be done right and just in order. In chapter 14, Paul says, more important than all is this. Yes, move with the Spirit. Paul in Galatians 5 and, and 6 would say, be led by the Spirit, be in step with the Spirit, be at home in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. All of that. Thanks be to God, let it be done, but let it be done in and through love. That's the introduction of my sermon. <laughs> I, I could not come to chapter 11 and just jump in the middle of chapter 11 and begin to expound on this, that, and the other without us having an appreciation of what Paul was getting across to the people in Corinth. And so the encouragement that I would offer is that we see ourselves in light of not only the place that we feel in the body of Christ, but that we live our Christian life in such a way that we preach by how we live without using words. I came out of my study one day in Kamei, Idaho, sitting on the front row 
middle pew in the sanctuary was a lady that I recognized from the Pentecostal Church of God. And she had made her way into the church. She had come forward. She was sitting in the pew. The sanctuary was, was just solitary except for her. I had heard the door open, so I walked up and there, walked out and to the sanctuary, and there she was sitting. She was crying. And she was saying, how can people be so hard and mean? People who claim, she said, I'm quoting, those who move in the gifts of the Spirit. sermon today is not about mechanics nor necessarily function but more about being a part of what is so basic and crucial that we receive what life we have from the giver of life and that we bear fruit wherever we are placed in the vine to the glory of God. The gifts of the Spirit are incredible. We need to celebrate them and be acquainted with them and move in them. But only when there is within us a clear basis and foundation of love. We love with the love whereby we've been loved. We give that which has been given to us, not that we have earned by any mark of our own, Some would say, as Paul wrote, I'm the foot. Others would say, I'm more related to the head. I'm the neck. Ina Yerke, little gal about this high. My better half is with me today. Connie, my wife, will be married 50 years next April. Ina Yerke looked up at me, and I'm not that tall, but she looked up to me and she said, Stan, you may think you're the head of your family, but I know the neck that turns the head. <laughs> Someone would say, I'm not the head, but I give it its direction. I'm the elbow. I'm the knee. Nobody 
gets moving along the path unless I'm picking it up and putting it down. And it's not about placement. You can do without a foot or a leg, but you can't do without a stomach. You can do without a hand, you can do without an eye, but you can't do without a beating heart. You can be deaf and dumb. But as long as you have digestion and heart and lungs, you can be. But that's not it. We are invited by how we're hardwired by invitation and growth, by yielding us to God so that he might put us here or there so that we coming a part of that whole begin to function. Several verses that call for focus. In regards to the body, we function for the common good. Many parts, but one body. And it's God who put it all together. And that the parts should have equality. Not in function, but in care and concern for each other. Ever have your back go out? With your back out, how are you at dancing? Ever stub your big toe to the point that you lose your your toenail? Hey, wanna run a race? activity under the deck that we were unaware of. I was sitting in such a place that the sound that I heard sounded like a sprinkler that was just coming online. No underground sprinkler. The swoosh of air and the sound of water coming and then the beating of, of sprinklers. 
earlier we had had witnessed we were at our youngest daughter's house um, our youngest daughter's only son came home with three kittens and we watched these kittens play on the deck and then they disappeared and then the sound that I thought was the sound of underground sprinklers uh, Jason my son-in-law the thinker with the brain in his head calculated that it's too soon for the water to come on. So if it's too soon for the water to come on, what's that sound? Now it was dark. And though we had a fully functioning body, can't see in the dark, get a flashlight. steps off the deck and around and would catch a glimpse of, a, of one of the three kittens kind of going forward jumping back and then we were able to see and then the light arrives and once again we hear that sound can you guess what the sound was we were hearing it was a rattlesnake. Oh. Oh. So we're all on our hands and our knees. And we're all taken with what we're seeing. Boy, the snake sure blends in with the dirt and the cement. Oh, did you catch the glint of its eye? Did you see the flash of its forked tongue? Ah, you hear the sound? And the kittens were tormenting this snake. Thanks to the kittens, we were alerted to danger that could have been. There was a snake apparently in the grass before it was the snake under and you catch a sense of the drama that unfolded as we exercised through our limbs foot, knee elbows, hands necks Pastorally, along with Paul, I would want so much for all of us to move and have our function and being as a part of the body of Christ not like Jacob of old who once wrestling with an angel forever walked with a limp but that all of us would know our place experientially know our place 
be so plugged into the vine that regardless of whether we're under growth or we're catching and spreading our leaves so that the clusters of grapes that grow beneath us are protected from the sun, regardless of our placement, that we would do so in lives that are full of character and integrous in being. That we would know not just the fellowship or the flow of the Spirit, but that we would embrace that which is right, noble, pure. And then move in and through and see what God can do, not only for us, but through us, for his glory, for our good, and for service to a world that is out there within the sphere of our living. 